evening and welcome to Guys Guys Radio, the show where we explore the world of men through the Guys Guys lens. Welcoming you to our show. This is your host, Robert Manny. It is Wednesday. It is June 7th. 2017 and here we are broadcasting live from new york city we've got a great show tonight our special guest a returning guest one of our favorites is dr joseph gallenberger he's got a new book and a meditation cd heaven is for healing a soul's journey after suicide we're going to bring him on in a few moments and discuss a serious topic and how dr gallenberger has used his personal work to get in touch with his brother after his passing a few years ago. And uh, it's a fascinating book and I hope the talk is just as fascinating. So let's start out by just getting into what's going on here in a guy's guy's world here in New York city. You know, the weather's still been pretty cool. It's June 7th. I don't like to harp on the weather so much, but it's so weird that we haven't really made that turn where it just feels like summer it was still a little bit cool today. Temperatures were in the 50s. They went up higher into the 60s. But still, you know, now we're in June. June 21st is the uh, summer solstice. And then the, uh, the daylight starts getting less and less by about a minute each day. And we haven't even really warmed up yet. So it's kind of a, another one of these odd years with the weather. Uh, what else is happening? We've got the NBA Finals. Uh, Golden State is up. the third game where they're back to Cleveland, LeBron James's home court. They're going to play tonight. And it's kind of do or die. Some are calling this the biggest game of LeBron James's career. If he wants to really be seen on that same level as Michael Jordan, then he's going to have to turn things around and try to beat one of what's considered one of the best NBA basketball teams of all time. And we'll see if he can pull that off. I predicted the Golden State Warriors in seven. I'm not sure it's going to go to seven. From what I've seen, uh, Golden State seems to have too many weapons. Uh, I think Cleveland's they haven't played badly. And I think they played better in game two. And they still got run off the court. So we'll see what happens tonight in their home court. It's obviously it's do or die. Uh, and uh, it's been a great season. And we'll see what happens. Elsewhere, we've got our president is in the news again with uh, these uh, allegations of uh, his campaign's connections to Russia. And this seems like it's just going to go on and on and on. And hopefully we'll get to the truth sooner or later and can get on with the business of either getting him out or getting on with the business of getting some legislation done and seeing uh, we can do some things with this country because we've had gridlock for so many years now. I don't really, I'm not in favor of Trump's policies, um, but I'd like to see some, some, some things happen. Um, I'm not confident that uh, he knows what he's doing. We'll have to see because it's tricky out there with him. You wonder sometimes uh, what's going on. We talk about, uh, I I watch a lot of Gaia TV and there's a lot of stuff about ascension on there and and these waves of energy that keep coming towards our planet and the change in behavior where you have people who are kind of on the upswing uh, who are ascending their frequency and they can affect a lot of people. And then you have other people who are not really keeping up with the waves of energy and they're doing crazy stuff. I saw something today on the news on Facebook, actually. It was, you know, two kids 
one kid goes up and cold cocks a disabled person and the other kid's laughing. And then I saw another one on the news here in New York where some kid was walking down the street, not kid, he kid guy in his 20s, and he just took a cane and he whacked some old man who was about 80 years old. And you wonder what is, it's incomprehensible. Some of these just random attacks people have on other human beings. Like what is going on? And I think we're going to have a shakeout. It's coming because I think the bad behavior is getting worse and the good behavior is getting better because there's a lot of people who are, who are on the right frequency and are, who are using their consciousness to create a better world. But at the same time, unfortunately, we have to experience the duality of people doing crazy bad things and these mean acts. Um, so this time of year, we're in the middle of June. My folks have just uh, celebrated their 67th wedding anniversary. My father was very smart. He decided to get married on his birthday, so he'd never forget that day. So he's 92, and my mom's 87. So I guess I have good genes, though they're struggling now. But uh, they've had a good long run, and I, I, I'm very blessed to have been able to be with my folks for so many years. Hopefully I can live a long life because I have a young son, which brings me to this week. We're going to do the guys, guys guide after our interview with Dr. Gallander Gallinger. Uh, and uh, the guys, guys guide this week is going to be about being an older dad with a younger son. My son just turned four and uh, I learned something new every year with him. And unfortunately, as I'm building my own brand, instead of uh, going to, you know, typical office all the time, like I had for years, I've been able to learn so much from my son teaching me about things like patience and understanding and playfulness. And I'll get into all of that after, uh, after the break, after Dr. Gallinger, some Gallinger comes out. So uh, the whole guys, guys, as I said up front, uh, the, we're looking at the world through a, uh, the new world of men through a guy's guy's lens. And what's that's all about? Well, it all began with my novel, a guy's guy's guide to love available on Amazon and all the e-tails. You can still find it in some bookstores. The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love. It's a novel about uh, two guys in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money. My blog, my weekly blog, is uh, at robertmanny.com. Facebook, you can catch me. You can catch me on Twitter, YouTube. And all of our 200 and we're approaching, we're getting rounding the turn towards 250 podcasts. And we're growing our audience on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes. If you want to help us out, all you have to do is subscribe, rate us, and review us. We're also on Stitcher and TuneIn Radio. And, of course, I love it when people buy my book and give me a review on Amazon. That really helps. It's not easy being an author. I just uh, had a book club bought my book, and uh, they're reviewing it now. So looking forward to that. So that's how you can catch up with us. Um, we're going to bring out our guest, Dr. Gallinger, Gallinger, right after this break. Okay, we're back. So let's talk about our special guest this evening. He's a famed clinical psychologist. He's returning for his fifth appearance on Guys Guys Radio, and he's going to discuss his latest work. The Ocean Heart is the CD, and the book is called Heaven is for Healing. And it's a meditation for healing a broken heart and facing the stresses of the world with inner peace. And it's a companion, as I mentioned, to the book, Heaven is for Healing, written after his brother's suicide and recounts his struggles navigating the grief, heartbreak of a family crisis 
and this is eventual healing. It's a fascinating book because it tracks along with Dr. Gallinger's, uh, uh, Gallenberger, <laughs> excuse me, Dr. Gallenberger's uh, work with the Monroe Institute and also uh, his relationship both during life and after life with his brother and kind of melding them together. So the book kind of takes two separate tracks and it's fascinating. So let's bring them on right now. Dr. Gallinger, welcome to the show. Gallenberger, I'm sorry. I always get your name wrong. Okay, good evening, Robert. How are you doing? I'm very good, and thank you for coming back once again. Uh, I just finished the book, and I found it very uh, captivating because it kind of goes on a dual path where it maps out a lot of your work with the Monroe Institute, and then a lot of your personal relationship with your brother, both during his lifetime and afterwards, using a lot of the tools you learned at the Moreau Institute. So maybe we should start, maybe we should start talking a little bit about the Monroe Institute and then get into uh, your brother, what happened and how you used your tools there just uh, to level set. So our audience is aware, uh, Dr. Gallenberger, uh, what is the Monroe Institute? What's your role there? And what is this, uh, the basic course they have? I'm actually quite interested in it. I know you have courses from uh, all different types of uh, holistic uh, techniques, including remote viewing. But the, tell us about the basic course about the Monroe Institute and what your role is there. Okay, sure, Robert. Um, I've been a clinical psychologist with a practice for 30 years. And uh, about 25 years ago, uh, started to become a trainer also at the Monroe Institute. This was uh, developed by Robert Monroe, who was a businessman and a, uh, successful in the 30s and 40s uh, in radio and media. And he started having <clears throat> what got termed out-of-body experiences. And he wanted to research that from a Western point of view. Uh, so his first goal was to run 5,000 people through a research program that he called M5000. And to do that... Uh, he developed a sound technology that could take people into very deep meditative states within minutes and help them relax really well and hopefully have some exploration of consciousness that included this out-of-body phenomena. At this point, Monroe Institute, I think they've run something like 25, 30,000 people through, usually 20 people at a time in a workshop. And as I mentioned, I've been a trainer there for 25 years now, I have developed a few programs for them. Um, I don't know the program you're referring to, their premier program that mostly people need to go to first is called Gateway. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. uh, that was one of the most profound weeks of my life. They do have a program relevant to tonight's topic called Lifeline, where they do what many traditions would call soul rescue work, where you are helping people who might be having a little difficulty transitioning right after physical death. Um, and I was in uh, participant in their first lifeline 20-plus um, years ago, and coincidentally then my brother Pete died a week after that. Let's talk a little bit uh, just quickly, like Gateway. What is that program? Because that seems to be their, you know, the core program. What is that? What do people get out of that? Uh, and then I also want to ask you about out-of-body experiences because you seem to have throughout your life just been able to travel that way and as well as your brother. And a lot of people, you know, that's very foreign to them. So could you talk about the gate, uh, the gateway program and also out-of-body experiences? 
Yeah, I I think to help understand Gateway, Bob found, uh, Monroe found various meditative states, uh, and he gave them numbers. Uh, So focus three, focus one is where we usually are. Focus three would be synchrony between left and right hemispheres. Focus 10, you would have that synchronization going, but now be very, very relaxed and still having awareness. We could shorthand that to body asleep, mind awake. Uh, Then a focus 12, where you begin to expand your awareness beyond your five physical senses, uh, and that's where your intuitional senses would come and beginning to uh, get messages from spirit or from guidance, etc., Gateway goes through those that I've mentioned as well as 15, which would be beyond time, being free of linear time as we usually understand it, and up to a state called 21 that you could look at as a bridge between physical reality and non-physical reality. So um, physical human um, here and folks that have passed on or transitioned there. Uh, And so the gateway um, goes ahead and helps people reduce their fear and in a very supportive group environment, meditating many times a day with this hemi-sync help, uh, gets to explore these areas. Gateway is probably most famous for giving you more than you ever expected you would get. (laughs) So if Mm -hmm. you go with uh, out-of-body desire, you may have out-of-body but you also may learn a whole bunch of stuff uh, that wasn't even on your agenda, if you will, about your own consciousness, your potential, meaning of life, all kinds of things. So uh, for most people, it's a very profound week. Now, uh, let's talk a little bit about the outer body experiences, because uh, uh, I know you have had many of them, and I believe your brother had uh, experienced that also. But for uh, a lot of people, most people, I'd say, they're totally unaware of what that even is and wouldn't even get it, you know, consider trying astral projection. Um, what, what, tell us about what it's all about and how it can be helpful and why do you think uh, you guys were into it and uh, what are some of the ups, downs, and things to be aware of when you're practicing? Well, it's, it's a state that can really be fun to explore. It's not necessary for any particular thing like being enlightened or, uh, say, even contacting the other side. You can sit in your chair at home and uh, just affirm that love pierces any veil, get into a high enough energy state that you can begin to perceive between realities without going out of body. But out of body usually means that the person has the feeling or phenomena where they feel like they've separated from the physical. They may be even able to see their body on the bed as they're floating around on the ceiling. Uh, Many people do this as kids. It seems to be a normal state. Um, So you might have flying dreams that relate to out of body. Folks in uh, near-death experience may uh, Mm -hmm. go out of body like when I got hit with a, a motorcycle you know, went shooting out of body and could see the body flopping around in the street. But I was in a very peaceful, uh, very light place watching this. Um, the It's natural, but just because it's natural doesn't mean it's easy. Any self-consciousness gets in the way. So if I said that most people, are, you know, they naturally fall asleep pretty easily, 
but now you're on TV, 20 million people watching you fall asleep in the next 20 minutes, most people would have a hard time doing it. Mm-hmm. So you, you're needing to have the intention of out of body, much like you'd have the intention to go to sleep, but then you let go of that intention and think of something else when you go to sleep, and eventually you just go to sleep. If you're thinking, gosh, I only got five hours to sleep here before my plane, then you'll have trip difficulty. Same without a body. So it's this intention relax, which is actually really helpful in manifestation work, energy healing work, many things we do. Uh, yet it's uh, easy to say, challenging to do. So um, all of my contact with my brother in the book, Heaven is for Healing, you could be accomplished without any need to go out of body. But he and I did, in fact, uh, share that fun of being able to do that uh, with some control. Mm-hmm. Now, it seems like, you know, let's get into the book um, and your relationship with your brother, because, uh, you know, there was a spirituality uh, to both of you guys, and you had a very good relationship, and it seemed like he was somebody, uh, and I say all of this respectfully, uh, just from what I got out of the book, that ran into some, uh, always seemed to be some obstacles getting in the way of his manifesting the uh, kind of life uh, you think he he would be desiring, whether it was relationships or jobs or whatever. And then eventually he took his life. And I guess my question is, uh, my first question is, if, if we know, because a lot of what you learned through contacting him into, in the afterlife was that, you know, we choose kind of what experiences we want to have when we enter this dense physical form. And I guess he had done that also. I'm wondering is, does somebody who commits suicide, do they have that mapped into their life plan? Or is that something that happens through free will and, uh, you know, other types of decision making and cause and effect and things like that? What, what's, your, what's your take on uh, suicide? Because it, uh, to me, it would be odd to say, I'm going to go into the, this human the human density and I'm going to experience these things to learn in my life and I'm going to take my life then would that happen or is that something that that happens as a result of your just being in the density of the human uh, form and uh, just a reaction to some things that happen along the way yeah I think that um, I'm not 100% confident in the answer for every being at all times but in general I think uh, we are um, helped with guidance to develop a life plan coming into incarnation, if you will, um, but we our free will is totally respected, and sometimes I think we might bite off a little more than they might advise we chew on in, in a given life, but the uh, a life may be there that we want to learn endurance or trust or different things for my brother it seemed like um, he had trouble with this idea of, uh, you know, he was good-looking, hard-working, honest, all of those good things, but he didn't feel deserving of goodness. Um, And uh, best I can tell, usually that's not karmic in the sense of some other entity doing that to you, but you might feel like, uh, from past life experience or something, you're you're not deserving of happiness. Say in this example, um, and you you come and you play with those issues. 
Um, everything is very hard to judge. You know, first of all, suicide could be I have two weeks to live and I just don't want to go through the cancer pain. Mm-hmm. This week we had the unfortunate thing where an eight-year-old was bullied in this country and took his right. life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and my brothers, it was decades of grinding, failure, and also physical pain. Um, so we're covering a broad spectrum in, in just a few minutes here. But um, what I think went on for him is he came into this life not believing love was real, and he exited feeling love was real. So for on a spiritual basis, that might have been a great victory for a life even though from our perspective um, it looks like, quote, there was a failure. Um, and I've seen that many times. My mom could do New York Times crossword puzzle and in ink, you know, and the mm-hmm. one thing she didn't want to do was lose her mind. And she ended up with Alzheimer's and in a home wow. for a year or two. And when she died, I said, Mom, what was up with that? And she said, well, I couldn't figure out a good way to get rid of all my religious guilt except by forgetting everything. And my folks, I mentioned you mentioned your folks. My folks mm-hmm. had been married 64 years, and she said it gave your dad time to learn how to cook and clean and meet new friends and adjust to living a life with by himself because he had more to do on the planet. So from her point of view, Alzheimer's is a fairly uh, elegant plan on a spiritual basis. On a conscious ego basis, she would have hated the idea. Um, so we're in this area where... Uh, we have uh, multi-levels to ourselves, our ego level and what other people see, and then maybe these deep spiritual levels. And I think sometimes the struggle uh, with uh, faith and whatever else that might result in taking one's life, we're working on you know very deep spiritual issues. Does now, uh, one of the ways you contacted your brother... Um, through your learning at Monroe, but also you you worked with a woman, Pam Hogan, I believe her name is, and she mm-hmm. works with a, uh, a a channel, I guess you would call it, called Argo. Yeah. Um, could you talk to us a little bit about her and uh, how you worked, the two of you uh, interfaced with Argo to get in touch with your brother and find uh, ways of kind of uh, finding peace and helping him out in his transition? Yes, so um, I was able to contact my brother, and then there were spontaneous ones from friends and folks I didn't even know him, but then reported to me. But nobody as talented as Pam Hogan, who has made a life's work out of this, being a conscious channel, being able to connect with spirit. And I'd had much contact with her prior to Pete's death, uh, where she did some things to me that were highly verifiable as a scientist. So... Uh, that really got my attention. Um, so her process would be um, to work through a high spirit being she called Argo, ascending praise of God's oneness, and bring Pete's energy into there, and then we could have conversation like you and I are having now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so the book takes off. I did a book 20 years ago called Brothers Forever, about grieving and in an enlightened way and how rough suicide is on the relatives staying here. Um, And then it changed my life direction to working a lot in the abundance area. How do we create good lives? Mm -hmm. Uh, My other books are about. So 20 years after his death, I thought, gee, it really affected my life 
and change my direction quite a bit. I wonder what he's been doing on the other side. So I got a hold with Pam Hogan again, and um, she agreed this would be a good project that we'd ask about Pete, what his process has been there, and also how suicides in general are handled on the other side. And the important things there, Robert, is like when my brother died, my mom, being raised Catholic, felt like he'd be in hell for all eternity for the help of a bad thing to put on top of the loss of a son. Um, And our culture has that dark view. Um, And what we discovered is folks don't escape things by suicide, uh, and they may take hellish thoughts over there and, and emotions, but they're met with terrific compassion, no judgment, um, no condemnation, no hell for all eternity, and they're helped in some very elegant different ways to settle down and to begin healing and get back on a, a more constructive path for themselves. So the bottom line messages are things such as all death leads to light and that all experience is treasured, even if deemed negative from our earthly perspective. Um, and so it was, uh, I was really struck by how much compassion I found there, both for the people remaining here after a suicide as well as the person who took their own life. So it was a very now, interesting journey. <laughs> mm-hmm. how, now, how long has your brother uh, passed now? How long it's has it been? It's been about 25 years. Now, are you still where, um, for the benefit of our audience, where – you know, over that course of the 25 years, when you first started contacting him through Pam and Argo and then ongoing, um, tell us a little bit about that arc and where, wh- what contact, if any, you have with him now. Has he moved on? What, do these guys stay in touch? Uh, what was the beginning of the relationship after he passed versus, you know, the middle and now? Or just could you give us a kind of sure. a peek under the tent there? Yeah, we are very close, uh, best friends as well as brothers. Um, Mm -hmm. When he died immediately, um, the first couple things he sent was like a road sign with a gavel and a line through it saying no judgment. He was just so relieved to be out of the physical and that he wasn't being judged by some punitive God. How did he send that to you? How did he send that to you? uh, That was like a mental impression of a sign. I'm not much of a visual guy. Mm -hmm. I am a Mm -hmm. knower. You know, I'll get these knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, then um, he became kind of wistful and also, gee, knowing what I know now, I'd like to jump right back in and do it again. And the guides on the other side asked him to hold off and be in what they called the observation plane and just watch for a while. Um, then he, and he agreed to that, watching how I handle life, how his other family members handle life. Um, then he moved into quite a bit of... I want a better word, uh, classroom situations where he was being taught, even on a neurobiochemical basis, the importance of love, feminine energy, um, how how to how humans can thrive, basically, um, and um, uh, had some time where he could um, uh, help us a little bit back here with uh, our grief and send messages. So even when I, you know, one of my other books is called Inner Vegas, Creating Miracles right. of Abundance, and uh, I go to a slot machine and I can feel his presence and he sort of seems to help me get jackpots. We have a lot of fun playing together. Um, now, what, where is he now? 
They described him as kind of an average Joe in terms of going through this for suicide. And now mm-hmm. 25 years later, he's just about ready to consider reincarnating. Uh, but, Robert, there's uh, besides coming back into the physical, uh, I didn't know this, but they describe also the option if people have had a rough time in the physical, particularly, and they don't want to come back, Mm-hmm. Uh, have trepidation about coming back that he could have some lives that were more simulated on a spiritual basis where you like a lucid dream or a very vivid mm-hmm. dream where he would have all these experiences but he would stay more connected to spirit have more chance of getting through them successfully so kind of an olympic training for another physical life because mm-hmm. they say when you come in the physical your issues are coded into your very dna of yourself and your family, and it can be a little more challenging. And so he's right at that choice point now. They outline five or six e- easily options for him about life patterns he could adopt that would allow him to work on the most critical issues for him to work on at this time. How, how do they... Uh, yeah, go, ahead. go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, time. Well, go ahead. Finish your thought, and then I'll... Uh, uh, he's leaning toward a non-physical life right now first. Okay. Yeah. So uh, how does he, if, if he does, describe um, time? Because my understanding from my studies is that, and from uh, talking to a lot of uh, metaphysically oriented uh, and scientifically oriented guests like yourself, um, seem to indicate that uh, we experience in our human dimension right now, third dimension, time as linear, yet time, uh, we're not really, you know, time necess- isn't necessarily, you know, horizontal, that everything's kind of happening at the same time and there's parallel universes and this and that. Does he, in your communications with him, did he factor in or discuss with you, and I use the word discuss in quotes, communicate with you, the uh, anything about the aspects of time. I mean, if he wants to, for instance, if he wants to reincarnate, could he go back to the 1700s, or could he be a, uh, you know, a different type of being, not a, uh, you know, not necessarily a, a human being, but whatever type of beings that are out there across the multiverse. Okay, so on the time, it's paradoxical. The way I look at it would be if time was a ruler. And mm-hmm. you're walking along one inch to two inch to three inch, and you're seeing inch five ahead of you. You're experiencing it linearly like we do here. But mm-hmm. if you popped above the ruler and saw the whole ruler at one time, you know, in one thing, mm-hmm. you would say it's all instantaneous. So um, uh, freedom from linear time as we usually understand it would be uh, focus 15 in the Monroe period. Uh, and gives you some sense of what this would be like experientially. But it, over there, yes, things seem to, uh, much like in a dream, we might have things might be sequential, but it might take uh, 10 minutes of dream time and seem like three hours here or vice versa. So there's mm-hmm. not the linear lockstep time we're used to. That said, I asked directly, you know, could I go back? Uh, to 1950 if I enjoyed that the most and and they did say our lives here do take place in linear sequence here so uh, it gives even greater incentive to keep the planet say a beautiful place to live because Mm -hmm. you'll be back here 50 years 100 years not just your children and grandchildren Um, they did say you can revisit 
any memory from any experience you've had. So I could go back and and if there was a pleasant memory in 1950, I could uh, deeply enjoy it as if it was occurring in this present moment. But our lives seem to happen from the no time, everything is one perspective all at once, but from our linear time perspective, they happen in sequence. Does that answer? (laughs) Absolutely. Um, How about, um, did he, in your communications, mention, you said he could come back as like a non-physical being. How about, you know, I've been reading online the new Neil Donald Walsh book, and it's very interesting because it's really about I don't, I don't want to say the word extraterrestrials per se, but it really seems to be stating the fact that it's not just all about humans, people. Uh, and so I guess my question is, uh, have you had any conversations with him about the fact that, you know, there are some spirit beings who don't come into the human dense form, but, uh, you know, also are there other beings from other planets and universes and because there's so much I'm sure that we don't we're not aware of or not being made aware of uh, did you guys get into any of that in terms of your communications in terms of I other types of life Pete, but I see a mm-hmm. lot of that up at Monroe Institute they um, mm-hmm. they have programs one called Starlines for example really getting into non-human non-physical as well as non-human maybe physical and other physical systems um, and uh, I got the sense of uh, to to move into some areas that might be more uh, idyllic than than planet Earth at this time. Uh, that um, certain levels of development would be be required out of the soul. Um, they talk about they won't send a soul back here. Uh, you know, somebody like Hitler or what have you right. can hold at least a thimble full of light. And that's a lot of what their rehab over there is about. Mm-hmm. But if uh, at some point when you're really able to manage fear very well and being able to be deeply, unconditionally loving toward yourself and others, you also may say that uh, I'm kind of done with the earth experience and go on to be a, a non-physical guide uh, for a good while or forever or go to different planets potentially or different mm-hmm. systems. Um, and there is there is a debate. Some people think this is a kindergarten here and other people think this is a, you know, Bob Monroe felt this was a real mm-hmm. graduate planet where it's so challenging in the density here that if you're a human earth life graduate, you're really admired throughout the universe because this is not an easy place to be. What would your take be? I would lean toward that one. Uh, mm-hmm. That, uh, uh, you know, I, I have a very blessed situation in my life. I, got, I live with my soulmate. i got a meaningful career, great finances, great physical health, grandkids, and yet... Uh, I can lose my bearings pretty easily if certain things get twisted for certain mm-hmm. amount of times. Sure. It might be one of my children struggling with something really, really mm-hmm. dark or something like that. Um, and um, uh, and I know a lot of people don't have the resources that I do available. So if I think of some you know single mom in a trailer with five kids, uh, I think I might go insane after. <laughs> Uh, a year of doing that. 
right. and she hangs in there with great courage. So uh, I, I do think it's a challenging place, um, but it is a place that if you begin to learn in these tools like Ocean Heart, you mentioned that. Uh, that yes, I want to get into that next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, uh, let's, let's talk about that. You okay. have a companion CD. It's called Ocean Heart. Uh, how do we use it? What do we use it for? You, I've done Liquid Luck. I've done uh, The Abundance. Your, your, your CDs are fantastic. They use some type of binaural beats. Um, talk to us about the technique, uh, techniques that are used and what we can get out of uh, your CD's collection and in particular Ocean Heart. Sure. Uh, so it does use, they, these use binaural beat technology and uh, other kinds of new neuropsychological technologies that help people who have never meditated before be able to relax and enter a meditative state in 10 minutes or so, uh, and then go even deeper in the next 10. Um, given the book, um, Heaven is for Healing, and the tremendous grief people have with losses of children and losses of suicide, uh, I wanted to develop a meditation that would help heal a broken heart. And through loss or disloyalty or whatever you felt might break your heart. Going through my brother's grief, um, grief about my brother, I felt like my heart had broken and then realized, you know, with that feeling, you try to protect yourself from further hurt. And I was cutting myself off from other people and being vulnerable. It didn't work, but people try that. And so I developed an image of my heart as a vast ocean uh, of love. And much like if you put your hand in water, if I welcomed you into my life, you're, you know, like a hand going in water, you'd be enveloped completely without resistance. And mm-hmm. then if you left, the water goes back to complete, perhaps losing a drop. So that's the imagery in the Ocean Heart CD. It's only been out, and it's a download, too, a few weeks. But I'm getting uh, reports that it's working sublimely for people to uh, let go of deep, deep hurt. And and then what I didn't expect is they're also reporting that it's helping them handle all the political stuff that's going on now and terrorism in the Middle East and that kind of thing. To hold this ocean heart image, a person can be present, compassionate, powerful, and not be uh, drowned by uh, all the fear of the culture around here right now. Now, um, when you listen to one of your uh, CDs and it's binaural beats, does it matter? Uh, do you need to have the uh, left micro, the, the left earphone on the left side, uh, and the no, right one on the matter. right side? Uh, okay. It doesn't matter, Robert. But almost all, you know, it is designed so if uh, something's in the right, it would be in the right. And all headphones have a universal uh, design where the cord is always on the left if there's one cord. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you reversed them, it wouldn't change it. Okay. Um, if we choose our life's path, path, doctor, why is it so hard to find it? It's almost like a game of hide-and-seek, isn't it? <laughs> uh, the, the fun is in the journey in some ways. Uh, I've had several people at Monroe where they have this big talk with their guides about what the next 20 years are going to be like or what have you. And then the guide says, I'm going to wave my hand in a minute. You're going to forget all of that so you can have the fun of living it with free choice. Um, and so you do have uh, this this feeling of um, that. I think as folks develop more as in your soul life 
and your spiritual life, you are more connected. So even in a dark night of the soul, you feel this ray of something going. For me, um, there's beauty has always been able to speak to me, and even in decades-long depression. Um, and, um, you know, certain things will um, keep guiding you back. Uh, the, the person mm-hmm. that comes along is a real blessing in your life just at the right time through synchronicity. Um, but it, it does, uh, you know, you wonder why, you know, I asked that question, gee, coming back here with all the stress here, why come back? And mm-hmm. they were talking about how much incredible beauty can be experienced here if you are basically in the loving position. And also that, um, uh, that yeah, we, we don't really forget everything at an unconscious basis. Uh, we are accumulating wisdom and greater spiritual strength as we go forward. And somehow going through this raises everybody's vibration level versus having those lives just in spirit, if you will, that it's very powerful to come into a physical incarnation. Fantastic. Well, uh, Dr. Gallenberger, uh, you do great work, and you're a good guy, and I've really enjoyed Inner Vegas, Liquid Luck, um, all your CDs, your books. Uh, tell our uh, listeners where they can find more about you, more about Heaven is for Healing, the Ocean Heart CD, etc., Okay, well, I'm going to make the websites easy. If you went for the title of the book, heavenisforhealing.com, you'd get there. And um, ocean, the oceanheartcd.com uh, would take you there. So that would take you to my main website with all my workshops and everything else, as well as people who get the book and CD. So I would just Google Heaven is for Healing or heavenisforhealing.com, and you'll, you'll find me. Fantastic. Um, I'm going to, if you don't mind, I'm going to follow up kind of offline. I want to ask you some questions about Gateway because I think the work you're doing at the Monroe Institute is, uh, is, is a game changer and uh, it's very interesting. And I uh, implore all our listeners to also check out the Monroe Institute and some of the work that Dr. Gallenberger and his uh, colleagues are doing there. It's really fascinating. And I, it could be very uh, positive in terms of, uh, finding your life's purpose and leading your best life. So thank you for that. And I look forward to learning more about that, Dr. Gallenberger. Sounds good. And thanks for having me on tonight, Robert. Always a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Sure. Okay, folks. Our special guest has been Dr. Joseph Gallenberger, PhD. The new book is Heaven is for Healing, A Soul's Journey After Suicide. Uh, God bless Dr. Gallenberger and his brother who has passed and may be back soon in some form. Um, and also the ocean heart is the CD. So we're looking forward to, uh, our listeners checking out all of that. So thanks folks. Uh, as I mentioned, we're going to take a quick break now, and then I'm going to do a quick guys, guys guide for the week. And then we will be back and talk about next week. So hang in there. We're going to be back in just a moment. Okay. I'm back. Okay. We are. Yeah. Yes. Um, I want to talk about having a toddler. I'm an older dad, and this is our Guys, Guys, Guy of the Week. I'll be writing about it. It's going to be on my uh, website, robertmanny.com. Sure. And uh, so why did I have a, a kid at a, at a later age in life? Well, I, when I got married, uh, I had been single for so long that my mother stopped asking me when I was going to get married. When I'd go home to Thanksgiving, 
Nobody even asked me anymore, but I knew. I knew when it was time. And the reason I knew it was time is that I made room in my heart for somebody else. So I met my wife very quickly after that and uh, decided that she was uh, at an age where she could have kids or not. And she wasn't pressing one way or the other. So I figured, well, let's just see what happens. Well, we had a young son. He just turned four. And I really learned a lot. He's been a great teacher for me because my career has changed. I've been, uh, you know, disadvantaged in that I'm an older dad, but I've been advantaged in that I've had the time to be able to spend with my young son, which my father didn't spend with me. He was out traveling all the time. I saw very little of him. It didn't matter to me, folks, but um, that's just the way it was. Now with my son, I'm spending a lot of time with him and I'm also taking really, really, really good care of myself. And, uh, and I'm learning from him. And one of the things I'm learning from, uh, you know, when you have a, if you're a guy and you have a son, well, dealing with an infant when you're a father over 50 is like, what? You have no idea what you're doing. And then, uh, the kid starts crawling and then the kid starts walking and, uh, you go into those twos and it's like, wow, it's like, uh, it's like uh, herding cats all the time. And then when the kid gets to be about three, their personality shapes is gets dimensionalized a bit more. And um, you learn about patience and you learn about the, the need for playfulness and the need for repetition with things and the importance to me. And now my son's hit four. He can read already. He's uh, very social. He's very comfortable in his own skin and he gets a lot of support from my wife and I. And I think the, that's super important as well as reading. Uh, we read to him all the time and we have books, books. We have a couple of huge bookshelves filled with kids books, books that we read to him and then readers that he reads. And he has this reading pen and uh, some other tools that they have for kids nowadays. But the good thing is he doesn't do the video thing. He reads books. And, uh, and he's not a real nerd or anything. He loves to run around and play. But uh, every morning he gets up on his own. He goes into the living room and he's reading a book. He's playing around with books. Then he's drawing letters. He takes out, uh, we have a whole bunch of paper, blank paper, and he starts practicing letters and numbers. It's just something he likes to do. He gets a treat if he takes a nap during the day or if he has a good day at school. And uh, that's to watch a video. The videos we let him watch are things like uh, today he watched the uh, Winnie the Pooh Heffalumps, which is kind of old school Disney. Uh, not too much of the whole CGI, not real fast paced, not a lot of violence, not a lot of quick cuts. And that uh, seems to be really shaping his personality as somebody who's very comfortable, playful, uh, likes other people, very sociable and comfortable in his own skin. And as we, we you know, each day passes, I'm learning m- the importance of He's showing me a mirror as to who I am. I get impatient. I'm very task oriented and I have to teach myself to be more patient and more playful and understand that, you know, dealing with a kid who just turned four (laughs) with his energy level, it's like going out with one of your friends who's had too much to drink all the time, uh, but in a fun way. And uh, that's just how these kids are. And uh, I'm blessed and I'm, I'm determined every day to say, I got to do a better job. I've got to be more patient. I've got to be more playful. I, I've got to, you know, when I'm doing something with him, I have to just focus on that. Keep the phone in my pocket, not be thinking 20,000 different thoughts, but focusing on the time I have with my son. And uh, it's, it's a lesson for me. 
and uh, I'm getting better at it every day, but I'm not where I need to be. And I thank him because he has been, along with my wife, my greatest teacher. So it's never too late to have a child if you take care of yourself and you have a good attitude and a youthful attitude and you want to keep learning. Because I assure you folks that a kid will teach you a lot as much as you can teach a kid. And it's very rewarding. So um, I'm glad it happened for me. And uh, I hope if you get a chance, it happens for you folks. So that's our show, uh, Guys Guys Radio. We're going to be back. We have a psychic, a new guest, a woman by the name of Samantha Hall. She's going to be on next Wednesday. And I'm looking forward to that. Until then, I hope you have a great week. If you catch the game tonight, it should be a good one. And remember, as I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first. <laughs>